Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Dance Floor Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Harsh, and today we will be getting into the mind of the Brainy Ballerina. If you haven't heard of the Brainy Ballerina, Miss Caitlin Sloan holds a Bachelor's of Arts degree in dance from the Grand Valley State University and is a former ballerina for various companies like Ballet Tucson and Missouri Contemporary Ballet. She's a dance educator and founded the Brainy Ballerina in 2019. You will be inspired by her advice to keep listening to this episode. Ciao, I'm Anna Harsh, professional dancer, author, and host of The Dance Floor, a podcast that explores the power of dance in our lives through personal stories and interviews with experts. Each episode shares life lessons and advice through the art of dance. Learn how dance inspires confidence, fosters connection, and ways to improve your skills. Whether you are a seasoned dancer or brand new to the art, you'll find something that motivates you in this podcast. So grab your dance shoes and join me on the dance floor. Welcome back, listeners. Today I have a very special guest, Miss Caitlin Sloan, aka the Brainy Ballerina. Welcome, Caitlin. Hi. Caitlin, I know you've had uh, so many years of dance and so much research and so much experience to share with our listeners today. How did you get into dancing? Did you take classes when you were little or what inspired you to get into dance? Yeah, it's kind of a funny story, actually. So I first went to dance class when I was three, like a lot of little girls do. And I think I was in went to one or two classes and they kicked me out. The teacher told my mom, like, she's not ready. She's not listening to wear the tutu and run around, I guess. And I don't know like what the structure of the school was, um, because that's pretty par for the course for most three-year-olds I teach. But anyways, they kind of said, I don't think she's ready yet. So I didn't go back till I was 10. Um, And by that point, I tried a bunch of different activities. Nothing was really clicking with me. And I just decided to try ballet again. And I was just absolutely hooked. I think I like went through four levels in a year or two. Like I just like loved it so much, just was wanted to be there all the time, just really took to it. And from there, I never stopped dancing. You know, I went to, I grew up dancing in Michigan and then I went to college for dance and then I danced professionally. So I just, yeah, from that moment when I was 10 and I got back in the studio, it was just like, this is what I was meant to do. Isn't that funny how that one spark just turns into a flame, doesn't it? Yeah. And then it just never stops burning, you know, never ends. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm in a different sort of time period of my career that, yeah, I'm still interested in moving. So it still love performing, you know, so you're right. And now you're a dance educator. Mm-hmm. Wow. Tell us a little bit about how you came about the brainy ballerina. What's behind the name? Yeah. So the brainy ballerina, so well, it's kind of, um, again, like a longer story. I have to go back a little bit, but, um, when I was dancing professionally, I also was teaching for the last five years of my professional career, I was the director of the School of Missouri Contemporary Ballet where I was dancing. And I just really, I loved it. I loved teaching. I loved running the school. And when I retired, that was going to be my path was, uh, while I was dancing and doing it at the same time, I had all these ideas, but I was a little bit limited how much I could really do. So when I retired, I was like, now I'm placing my full focus on the school. It's just going to you know, grow. And then a few months after I retired, my husband got a job offer and we ended up moving. And so I ended up mid-season in a brand new state um, looking for teaching jobs, which are hard to find, you know, if it's not the beginning of the year. And so I ended up as an administrator for a school, which I went in thinking, yeah, this will be great for me. And I really didn't like it. (laughs) 
I loved the school. I ended up teaching there and I loved teaching there, but I just like, I hated just sitting at the desk every day, hearing the classes going on and just, you know, doing like the boring admin stuff, which right. That's part of a lot of jobs, but it was the only thing I was doing. And I, I think was, we all hate that part of yeah. dance, right? I, like if it's a little bit, you know, I don't mind doing both, but I think it was just like too much this is all I'm doing. And I really wanted to be in the classroom. And so I would just sit there and like, wish I was teaching. And so I kept kind of thinking like, well, what can I do to fill this part of me that feels like a teacher with no students? And so that's when I started the Brainy Ballerina. Um, because I thought I have all this knowledge I want to share. I've learned so much. And I also right. know that there's things, there's resources that I needed when I was teaching more that I couldn't find. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Why don't I make them? I have the time now and the energy, you know? And so I, that's how I started the Brainy Ballerina. And it started off a lot different than it is now. It was really um, started off as classroom resources for teachers. So things like vocabulary, um, classical ballets, history, right. stage directions, that kind of thing, which I still have all those resources. But over time, it's really pivoted to become more um, working with dancers directly on their careers because I started realizing that was where my passion had shifted. Yeah. But that's really kind of the the first iterations of the Brady I love it. I love it. And that's basically why I wrote my two books, because I couldn't find the information and so I wrote it for the next generation of dancers to have that resource. You're right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is, but I'm so glad that we exist in this world to, to share this knowledge and advice because, you know, we could have used us, right? You, like yep. you said, in the past to have that guiding star to have us, oh, I know what to do now. Oh, the, here it is. It's all in this package deal that we could purchase and then move forward and really have all the answers at our fingertips. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Okay. So now that you have done a lot of the different aspects of a dance career, right? You've been on stage and performed for thousands of people as a ballerina that every little girl kind of dreams about, you know, doing, wearing those tutus and wearing those beautiful costumes and, and doing it all. But today I just wanted to pull back the curtain and talk about dance careers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to get to that point. Can you tell us a little bit of the challenges that maybe you face getting to that stage? I I mean, it's just challenging no matter who you are in this career, right? It's just, there's a lot of rejection and there's a lot of self-doubt and it takes a lot of mental strength to keep going through all the setbacks. Um, So for me, I when I was graduating from high school, my teacher was really wanting me to go straight to a company. Like she wanted me to audition. She said I was ready. I wanted to go to college. And she was like, why would you go to college? You know, like at that time she didn't at her in her generation, college for dance was not a thing. Right. It wasn't a thing. Even when I was going to college for dance, it was still kind of new. New. Yeah. And so she was like, I don't think you should do that. But I just knew that I wasn't ready emotionally. Like even if I was ready to go on stage the next day in a company, like technically I needed a stopgap. So I went to college for dance and then ended up graduating in three years because I had been working on a double major, kind of realized at a certain point, I think, okay, now I'm ready to go audition. I'm ready for the pro career. I've done enough extra work that I can graduate early. So like, let's just do it. Yeah. So many auditions that first year. I mean, I, I can't even tell you how many auditions I went to. Like, and it wasn't a thing then that you could like really send your video as easily or no. like you just you had, had to be in person. Yeah. 
Me so too. I, to I had to be in person. Yeah. And I would go to Chicago like every weekend and just do like three or four auditions every weekend. And I was getting nothing. I was getting really, really, really just anxious about my future. Right. And then I finally got an offer. I think my last audition was like in June. Like it was so late. Wow. And I got an offer for a traineeship in Tucson, which is across the country from me. And I am like absolutely a homebody. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go all the way across the country. I don't, I mean, I had all these doubts with my dad. I remember he took me out to breakfast and he was like, you have to do it. You have to, like, you've been working for this since you were little, like, just go here. If you hate it, then you hate it and you come back home, like, just try it. And so that really gave me the push I needed to be like, okay, I'm going to have to just go for it. And so I moved out there and I was there for a couple of seasons and, and I learned so much. Oh my gosh. Like my technique exploded. Like I just got to work with amazing people. I got to dance the classics. Like it was really, really what I needed at the time, but it wasn't what I was going to do forever. Like I didn't want to live out there for my whole adult life. I didn't see myself settling down. So then I started kind of thinking, okay, what else, what do I see my career moving forward? And that's when I ended up auditioning for Missouri Contemporary Ballet. And when I went to that audition, it was like, this is what I've been waiting for. Like, I couldn't explain it. I never felt that before. But I, I took the class and did the rep. And I was like, this is what I was meant to be doing. It felt so right. I watched their rehearsal and I had goosebumps. Like, I was just like, this is my, this is my job. Like, I'm getting this job. Yeah. I think when we have physical reactions to a situation, your body knows it's either yes or no. Yeah. And you had that physical reaction, like all of those tingles and you're like, yeah, this brings me joy. I think that's one thing that we should really reiterate to dancers. You know, your body's going to let you know if it's a yes or no. Absolutely. And I feel like we can get really analytical about it and we can overthink it to death, but ultimately you just know. And, um, yeah, it was like, I just found this freedom that I had been missing, you know, in my dancing and just this joy that was just like, all of a sudden it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming here. (laughs) Like you got to give me a job, you know, kind of felt like I I auditioned, like I never auditioned before. Like I've never danced like that. And it was just, it was meant to be. And so yeah, it's, I think the answers feel like you might find that right away and it doesn't always happen. Like you have to try a few different things and you have to be in the world of dance and experience things to start to figure out what it is you really want. Um, because I think you, you can go into it having an idea. Like I always thought I wanted to be in a classical ballet company my whole life. That's what I was trained growing up. And then I did it and I was like, ah, this isn't so much for me, actually. Like I wanted to do contemporary ballet. I, I felt like, wow, that's what I, I love to do. And I want to just dance and I want to go out there and just like leave it all out there. And, and so, and not that you can't do that in a classical company, but I just wasn't experiencing that in the court of LA. Yeah. You know, it's like, you have to really dance with everyone else. You have to be together. And there is this amazing energy that I felt in that moment too, but in a different way. And so I just was like, you know what, I just want to be here. And I guess to go back to your question of like the challenges I face, you know, it's just, you don't know what you want until you start getting yourself out there and doing it and putting yourself out there and getting rejected. And, and it can be rejected for for weird, strange things like exactly height or wrong hair color. And they don't think about wigs or I don't know, like your style, just, you know, it just, it really isn't about you personally. It's about the product in a sense that they're putting out and they're looking for someone to fill that, that spot. And that's why I tell um, dancers all the time. It's like they're looking for exactly like to fill probably one or two contracts that they are missing something really particular in their company. Yeah, and yeah. they could love you as a dancer, 
but you're still just not what they need at that time. Right. So easy to take that personally because it feels really personal, right? It does feel personal. But you're like, what did I do wrong? Did I say something? Yeah. And some auditions, you know, for those who have never auditioned before, (laughs) some auditions, you know, you do the physical part, you go and maybe take a master class and you learn the repertoire of that company and, and learn their style and that sort of thing. But if you get past that, for me, like some of the auditions I went on, then they um they interview you. Are you willing to move here? Are you willing to do X, Y, and Z? You know, and it is daunting. It's a career that requires 24-7 almost. We're always thinking about how what should we eat? How should we work out? I think for dancers or for people that are not dancers out there that are listening, you know, they're like, why are they always, you know, whatever, like so intense? Well, we're intense because we're always thinking about what should we do next? How can we take care of our bodies? How how can we take care of our minds? You know, and all of that matters when you audition. All of that goes into your audition, how to prepare. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, like, there's just so many different layers to it. And it's more than just your technique, you know, it's also your personality and also how you connect to the other people and that kind of thing. Like if you get to the interview portion, there's so much more in that moment that you're showing about how you communicate what you like to work with. There are so many layers to it. And I think a lot of dancers get stuck on just the technical part of it, but that's just going to get you in the door. That's going to get you in the audition room. That is so true. I'm on the other side of this now. I auditioned dancers to be in my company and we tour all over. Like we've gone all throughout the United States and I've taken them to Italy and performed for big time things. And some things are really super small, you know, but I want to see how they work with each other. I want to see how they work with new people that come into the company. How do they treat each other? You know, so I'm always looking for that. And if they're on time, like little things I'm looking for, So can we flip the conversation and talk about what do directors really want to see, you know, and how can, what are we looking for and that kind of thing. So those are a couple of things that I look for. Is there anything else that you've noticed that directors or yourself looks for, you know, if you're creating a, you know, a piece or something on dancers? I mean, I think movement quality is huge. I think musicality is really huge. And just like the spark, like, that they like to dance, you know, that you watch them yes. and just can't take your eyes off of them. And that sounds so cliche to say like, oh, they just have that thing. But it's just like that, you know, you see a dancer and you just can't stop watching them. And it's not because of how high their leg is. It's because of how much passion they have dancing with their entire body and not just right. like in the most basic way of that they're using their body to dance, but like they are dancing with every single ounce of themselves. And you feel like they are pouring themselves out for you. And you, you like, right. again, you get the tingles when you watch them, you get you right. feel something in your body. And I think ultimately that's what we're looking for is that person who makes us feel something because that's what audiences connect with, you know, and we're yeah. watching as a director, like we want to have dancers that our audiences are going to want to come and see again and again, please. That's what's yes. going to keep the doors open. That's what's going to sell the tickets is the people audiences want to see. And that's so, how we continue on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how can you be that person that makes people just want to come watch you, that you connect with, that you really show that you have that it factor? Um, And I think a lot of that just becomes from being yourself. I think a lot of times you're so busy trying to fit into whatever you think they want you to be, which is impossible to maintain, right? It's not possible to do that, right? You have to be yourself. And so coming in and just showing exactly who you are, dancing as yourself, like your best possible self, 
And then if that's for them, that's great. And if it's not, that's okay too. But at least, you know, you were authentic and you showed up as yourself and that you gave yourself fully to the process because that's the most attractive thing. 100%. I tell a story in my first book about, um, I was teaching at a studio and the dancers were like, well, Miss Anna, you're not competing. You don't know what it's like. I'm like, okay, I'll compete this year. So I went in the professional amateur category. They had something for teachers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to create a, a modern contemporary piece that doesn't have all these tricks that you guys love and a thousand fuete pirouettes into a double and landing or anything like that. I said, I'm just going to be, it's going to be organic and different. And long story short, I went to the competition and simplistic costume and they got to the category uh, for the winners, you know, and there was a few in my category. Like there's some people out there that are like, yeah, I'm going to try it. Um, and they were really good too. I thought there's no way <laughs> I'm getting anything in this category, but okay. You know, cause I didn't have any tricks. I didn't have any turns or anything. It was very organic and different. I just told a story and I won. Yeah. I won. I won the whole category <laughs> and the students were like, well, you must've known the judges. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know anybody here. I I don't usually compete. You know, it's not my thing, but it was just to prove the point that you need to be yourself. You don't need all the tricks. Sometimes it is just about, gosh, she's so passionate about dancing and telling a story that you're right. I can't keep my eyes off her. There's something about her. It was different than the others. And you want to stand out in a good way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So Caitlin, we're going to take a little commercial break. And when we come back, um, maybe tell us a little advice, you know, how to prepare for that big day, how to prepare for auditions. We'll be right back with the Brainy Ballerina. Are you ready to take your dance skills to the next level? Do you dream of performing on stage in front of a live audience? Well, now's your opportunity. Allegro Dance Company is always looking for new dancers to join our group. We're seeking talented, passionate and dedicated individuals who are ready to showcase their skills and make a name for themselves in the dance world. Allegro has been entertaining audiences for over 30 years with dynamic showcases of authentic Italian folk dances along with jazz, ballet, and yes, even a touch of ballroom. We're known for our high energy performances and innovative choreography. So what are you waiting for? Join Allegro today and be a part of history. Contact us on our website, allegrodancecompany.net, or stick around and chat with us after this performance. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. Dance with Allegro. Welcome back, everyone. We're with Caitlin here. Caitlin, we've been talking about auditions. So if you're a dancer out there and it's getting close to audition season, so is there a couple of things that we can do right now to prepare for that big day? It is getting really close, but even if you haven't started prepping enough yet, like it's okay. You can still get it done, but it does take a little more work. Like in the future, I definitely start with my clients prepping everything end of September, mid-October, like already thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and so the earlier you can start, the better. But if you haven't, that's okay. Like you are not, you're not out of the game you know, you just have to do a little more. So, I mean, first of all, you need to get your whole package ready. You have to get your resume ready, your cover letter, your photos, your videos. Okay. Now let's say it's audition day. Yeah. What's in your dance bag? Like what is your like, oh God, I have to bring this. Well, it depends what, you know, what you're auditioning for. Right. Like going to ballet companies, which is what I mostly work with. You know, you have to have 
I always tell my clients, like, have your outfit on that you want to wear, but have a backup, of course, like Amen. And a backup that's similar to what you have on in case something happens on the way there, you spill your coffee, whatever, and a backup that's a little different in case you get there and you're like, oh, everyone here is wearing black tights and I'm wearing, you know, which again, yeah. like, it's no big deal. Like you're not going to get caught because you're wearing pink tights and they're wearing black tights. But if you get there, you're like, oh, okay, I think I'd be more comfortable and be able to feel more in this role in like this kind of outfit. You have a backup outfit with you, you know, your point shoes, extra point shoes. Again, like you probably want a harder pair and a softer pair. Depending on if they have you come and stay do rep, you might have to do like a variation temporary ballet where you need something a little softer. So have some options. And then of course, all your backups, like your hair stuff, makeup, touch-ups, a snack, your water, extra copies of your resume. I feel like a lot of times now we're just sending it in digitally. Yeah. Walk in the door with paper copy of your resume, your headshots, just in case they want them. Right. Um, You know, but I always keep mine on a, on a thumb drive as well as a backup Mm -hmm. to like, I can go somewhere and get it printed or, you know, like you said, have printed copies that still exist today. So have those printed copies and that headshot and a really good headshot. Yeah. You know, not just something you took with your selfie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ideally, hopefully you can get a professional headshot. I know that's not attainable for everyone, but I mean, honestly, with our like technology these days, you can get a pretty good iPhone headshot if you need to, Um, like make sure you have good lighting, make sure that it's nice and clean, clear background, that kind of thing. Um, But if you can get pro, that's always great too. And I think it is a good investment to have. Caitlin, this is one thing that I look forward. uh, I look for in a dancer, especially for my company, because like after performances, there's always younger dancers that are running up to the stage because they want to shake your hand. They want to meet you and they want to say hello and they want to know everything about you because they just loved that performance on stage. I need a dancer that can communicate, can speak well, that is, you know, friendly enough to say, hi, how are you? You know, thanks for coming to the show. And a lot of dancers that I meet, I don't know if it's this generation or they have challenges socially, maybe in person, um, are just like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Or I can't, I don't know what to say. I always try to prepare them and let's pretend the conversation, you know, practice the conversation before, you know, and that might be something that we could give them a little tip on too for auditions. Well, I think as dancers, we're used to communicating non-verbally. Like that is our training. We're used to just getting on stage and dancing. But then it comes to speaking, we're really nervous about it. And I do a lot of public speaking now and it's gotten so much better. But when I was younger, oh my gosh, I would just be like sweating bullets shaking if I had to speak in public. Like even if I had to go to like a rotary club or something to do like a fundraiser thing, I'd be like so nervous. And um, it just takes practice. Like, it's just like anything else, you know, just like doing your plies, doing your tandus, the things that we've like been trained to do that we couldn't do when we first started dancing. Speaking is the same way. And I do think it's very true that dancers do need to be well-spoken and be able to communicate, um, not just with your audience, the public, but with each other, with your directors. It's such a huge, huge, huge part of having a successful career. And it, it really does take practice. And so whether it's like, depending on what your like what the difficulty is for you, you know, like for me, I would start speaking really, really, really fast and just like rattle off really quick. And so my friend, her mom is a speech therapist and she told me to read children's books aloud and practice just speaking slowly. And so, you know, it was great and it was like very helpful. And, and even now I still speak like more quickly than the average person maybe, but it was really, really fast. And so 
that helped me. Um, I think just getting in front of people, like people would ask me to do talks and I would say yes. And I was not comfortable doing that. But it's not easy. But yeah, you're right. And so sometimes what I'll do is have them practice with each other. Like turn to the dancer next to you, introduce yourself and say, thanks for coming to the show or just something simple, you know, tell us your favorite color or, you know, if you have a pet or something just to get dancers to, you know, be a little more professional in that part of our career, because you do have to greet people. You have to, I mean, I know I have friends that are Rockettes and they greet people after the show. You know, if you sign up for that tour, they have to greet people and, it's a skill and you become possibly a spokesperson for different products and all kinds of networking um, ideas out there, but you have to practice. Yeah. And it's part of the job. And I feel like, especially now with social media and everything, we're really breaking that fourth wall a lot more than we used to, you know? And so you are getting to talk to the public more to meet people and the audiences want to get behind the scenes. Right. And they, want to, they want to see the real person out there. And I think that helps to remember that like, we want to be treated as real people with real thoughts and feelings and emotions, not just this like beautiful thing up on the stage. And yes. it helps audiences to see us like that when we can come talk to them as real people and just right. show them that we're humans and that we make mistakes and things happen and that we're just another human being like them. And that yeah. helps them see us, you know, as the people that we are. So I think remembering that they're just another person. They just want to meet you. They're not, yeah, we had breakfast this like morning. Perfect. Exactly. They just want to have a human connection. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And that's an important part of that dance career. Another aspect that we should all pay attention to and practice because that could be part of the audition process. Like I had that several times when I auditioned for different companies. And if I pass through the technical part of it, they're like, okay, can you know, so-and-so stay for an odd, you know, an interview part of the audition. And I thought, oh no, what am I supposed to say? You know, what are they going to ask? But just be yourself, just have the conversation and be you, like you said, just be you. Mm-hmm. And that spark will shine for sure. Absolutely. Caitlin, last question. Um, What inspires you? I know you do a little choreography yeah. and, and just maybe like when we are just going through that, like, gosh, I don't know if I can be motivated again. I'm so bummed. Mm-hmm. What motivates you? Doing nothing. Getting away from it. Getting a break. Yeah. Yes. Like for me, I am the person who I can just, you know, whatever I need to do, whether it's like, yes, choreography or something for my business, writing a blog post, whatever it is. If it's like not happening, I can sit there and try to force it. And it's just not going to happen. And so I have, I am the person who like, my best ideas all come in the shower. You know, it's like, as soon as you stop thinking about it, the light bulb appears, the answer is there. And so I think, think really hard about it, you know, try to figure it out and then just completely let it go. Go do something different that you enjoy doing. One of your hobbies, go out to lunch with a family member or a friend, like, yeah, do something else, something else. And the answer will appear. Oh, amen. I always call that creating space, mm-hmm. some space, declutter. I usually clean yep. <laughs> I declutter oh, absolutely. a lot. <laughs> I go and clean something. And then I was like, oh, that's it. And you're right. The idea comes to you because you've cleared out some space. You've made time for your mind to do something else to be, you know, not thinking about so intensely. I yep. agree. Um, Caitlin, we just got done with a five-part series in uh, the new year to refresh yourself as a dancer, some different ways to do that. And since we're starting a new year, what is something that you're just like, you know what, I can't wait to start over this, or this is what I'm going to do to help myself this year. 
I was just thinking about this the other day because this past year was kind of a year of just like staying still for me. I had uh, my second child in February. And oh, so, wow. you know, that's a pretty intense time in your life yeah. um, personally. And so right. I was kind of just like the business, I just kind of let it, let it flow. You know, I didn't try to do too much building this year. I was just thinking, you know what, I'm feeling really fired up and I'm feeling ready to do more professional development. Like I want to get back in classes. I want to start taking different courses. Like I'm just feeling this itch in my brain that I need to scratch to learn something new. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of my goal over the next couple of weeks going into the new year is just to do some research and decide like, okay, where, what do I want to sign up for? What things do I want to try? I want to get a little uncomfortable this year. Last year I was like, I got to just survive <laughs> two, two small children, you know, and now I'm like, yeah. I'm doing good and I'm ready to start, you know, getting back into developing myself professionally, personally. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Even though we've reached a certain part of our career, we're both still learning and still doing and growing. You never should stop that at any age. We should always learn something new, whether it's a new language or take some new classes or different dance style, Mm -hmm. always grow and learn for sure. Caitlin, you've given us so much good advice today and so many tips. I can't wait. How can we um, keep in touch with you and how can we be a part of the Brainy Ballerina crew? Yeah. So um, my main social media platform that I post on is Instagram. So at the Brainy Ballerina, but it's the Brainy Ballerina on everything, Facebook, TikTok, all of that. And you can go to my website, thebrainyballerina.com. And I have tons of resources for dancers auditioning. Um, I have an incomplete audition guide. So if you're like, okay, I'm ready to audition and I haven't got any of my materials ready yet, I have a whole guy that has walked you through every step of it, templates, like it should make the process so much simpler, so much more straightforward. So if you are looking for a resource like that, visit my website. Um, and yeah, I just love to connect with with people. That's why I really started the Brainy Ballerina. I was missing that connection. I was missing having students. I was missing teaching. And so I still have that five years in. That's still my main passion is to connect with people and just hear from dancers like, that my work has helped them achieve their goals. It just is amazing to hear that. So I always love to connect with you. So reach out to me. That's awesome. That's exactly why I started the podcast because I wanted to give advice to the next generation that I wish I had. Mm -hmm. And so I am so thrilled that you came on today and told us all this great information about auditioning and tips about just being a better dancer in general, really. I love that. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for being on. I hope you come back and share some new things and congratulations on your second child. What a great gift. (laughs) Thanks so much. I'd love to come back and thanks for having me, Anna. This has been wonderful. Oh, awesome. And I'm probably will be joining your book club too. I know you have a book club, so I'm excited about that. So check out her website and all of her social media, the Brainy Ballerina, and maybe you want to purchase that kit for your audition season coming up. She's got all the answers. Thank goodness. It's all in one spot. So thanks everyone for listening today to the dance floor podcast. I'm your host, Anna Harsh. Until next time, keep moving, keep dreaming, and keep dancing on the dance floor.